What's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And what's up, bitches? This is Morgan. And this is Bitches and Murders. I don't think we did it. I think we did it terribly. Really? I think we're really on. Like, the little waveforms look really spot on. Oh, I guess when I look at the waveforms, yeah, they do look. Okay. Shit, do we do it for once? Because I always think that we did it and we never... I'm never right. Sometimes I just move it. I'm like, yeah, we did it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's how it sounded when it came out of our mouths. <laughs> it's do you do you realize what this is? This is the first episode of the new year. Oh god, it is. What? God, yeah. what a fucking new year it's been. Look, if both of us show, could dude. stay out of the hospital, we could get consistent content. <laughs> but we can't, therefore we shan't. Yeah, uh, like too many hospital visits, career changes, life upheavals. Literally. Yeah, too much. Too too much. <laughs> but now that I am I'm not gonna jinx it. I was gonna say something and then I was probably gonna end up in the hospital nope. like a week later. So I'm not gonna yeah, say I anything. Don't. I'm like, I'm already tapping wood and you didn't even say it. Same. <laughs> but I'm uh and Morgan's uh so hopefully we should be getting you guys some more consistent content um we're actually recording some stuff for patreon today as well um and speaking of being super behind on housekeeping we have a very positive review on our apple podcast page that i completely missed because i have gotten really terrible at looking at this but anyway um somebody by the username of bubbles uh, oh, said that really they <laughs> really enjoy listening to our podcast. Um, they found us because of the Face of Horror competition and just said that they really liked us. So thank you, Bubbles. That's really cute. That is really cute. And I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was all of my housekeeping. So let's get into it. Are you ready to be completely unimpressed? I I do like being wildly <laughs> underwhelmed. Because here's the thing, I, um, Drew and I enjoy playing video games, um, and one of the games that we really love is the Dark Anthology series, um, and each time they release a game, it's, you know, something different, and it's kind of like a, I don't want to say it's a completely choose-your-own-adventure, but, like, the choices you make influence your relationships with other characters, as well as influence the storyline. So you can either get everybody through alive or you can get half of your group alive or one person gets out alive or absolutely fucking nobody makes it out alive. So kind of like a Skyrim typo where it's like you can kind of choose what path you want to go down. Yes. But not but, as free world. Yeah, it's... I don't really have a good comparison for it. Um, But anyway, the newest iteration that they put out is based on H.H. H. Holmes and like his whole murder castle thing and whatever and I was like oh okay you know I forgot about him and I was meaning to do him and you know fuck it let's do it um and I'm remembering why I've been avoiding eye contact with this case so without further ado let's talk about none other than the white devil of Chicago H.H. H. Holmes <laughs> As always, we start with the early life. Um, H.H. Holmes was born Herman Mudgett. Ew. I would also say that I will be referring to him as Herman throughout most of this because I feel like he would hate being called Herman. Therefore, I'm going to do it. I relate. I get it. I would also hate (laughs) being called Herman. Um, He was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire on May 16th, 1861 ish that doesn't even sound like a real place that sounds so fake yeah i don't believe um (laughs) so he was born into a wealthy family so he was fine um and was actually noted as showing signs of high intelligence at an early age um i could not find anything to like make our serial killer cocktail like there was some reports that like maybe his dad was abusive but like there was nothing concrete there was no head injuries like he was born into a wealthy family like he wasn't really bullied um however there was one little detail one one smidgen of a detail that uh might contribute um so he was noted as being interested in medicine very early on in his life 
and allegedly, because <laughs> this is based off of like firsthand reports of like people that were friends with him. Right. Allegedly, this is the 1860s. Right. Uh, he would trap animals and perform surgery on them. Bro, side note. <laughs> Weird that There's I have a side that. note about this. Yeah. Um, you know who else just recently came out and said that they did that as a child? Who? It's someone that I hate a lot. It's a celebrity that I greatly dislike. That didn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> Oh, I'm an asshole. Um, no, fucking. Uh, I saw an interview not that long ago with uh, Jenna Ortega, where she said as a kid that she that was like her favorite thing to do was like to take animals and perform like autopsies on them. And I was like, like "Wow, I already didn't like you, and like that. That's why there there was the vibe. I knew that there was a vibe there. I just didn't know why I felt like that. Now I know why I felt like that. There's the vibe." Like, like, <laughs> like roadkill or like, she didn't specify, which kind of made it worse because I was like, now you're leaving it up where I don't know if you're talking about animals that are already dead or if you're talking about animals that are alive that you have now made dead. Like, I don't like it. And either way, I I don't like it to be honest. <laughs> like, like I was also very interested as med- in like medicine as a child. Like literally by fourth grade, I got extra credit in class because I memorized all the bones in the body just for fun because I thought wow, they were cool. Fucking nerd. I know. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, I also wasn't chopping animals up right. in my backyard. Like you can be interested even in like the human <laughs> body and bones and like all of those things. Like I was super interested in all of that, but like I didn't murder any animals or cut up dead ones. Like I didn't do any There's... weird shit. Like you, you can be healthily interested in those things. There's there's a line and you just have to not cross that line. <laughs> and like it's a it's a real easy line to see. It's not a. There's no gray there. Like it's a. It's a. Uh, it's a pretty bold line. Like, it's pretty obvious. Like just don't kill things or cut up. I just dead want you things. to know. We've gone on a tangent already, and I am two pull- bullet points into my four pages of notes. Oh no. Okay. I'll shut up. Continue. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so at 18, he enrolled at the University of Vermont, uh, but evidently was unimpressed with the curriculum, and he dropped out after a year. And then in 1882, he brought it way too close to home and enrolled in the University of Michigan's medical and surgical program. Wait, now I'm like doubting, doubting my whole existence. Where, where does the actual, like, where is the city where the, the creepy house is? What, what, what city is that? Okay. Okay. I, I thought, I thought it was, and like, obviously people can move. But I was like, wait, you said Vermont. And I was like, wait, did that happen in Vermont? And then you said Michigan. No. I was like, wait, did that happen in Michigan? I was like, I really don't think it did. But I was having a whole crisis about it. Okay, anyways, I hate that. No, he's just yeah. a, I'm really a glad it didn't happen old, in Michigan. <laughs> and he's just a good old U of M alumni, uh, which I think is an argument to be a Michigan State fan, if you ask me. But uh, right. that might be a biased so, I'm only like three hours from Chicago, so even that's a little too close for comfort, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um. So you know how like college is is expensive, and you know you kind of come up with creative side hustles to pay for college. Did you start grape robbing? Yes. Wait. Oh, was he, I right? <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna be right. Would either grave rob or steal the cadavers from? the lab and use those to commit life insurance fraud ah, i love that and that was oh, I, don't that came, I don't know why that came out like that <laughs> oh no i really didn't think i was gonna i love that that's great yeah I mean, you really can't make money like that anymore <laughs> yeah where really are all the good can't. where have all the good side hustles gone it's just so hard to commit life insurance fraud on a cadaver nowadays so much harder to grave rob nowadays <laughs> Anyway, uh, so he graduated from U of M in 1884 and moved to what I've decided is a fake town, uh, Mowers Forks, New York. 
Yeah, that's that's not a real that's place. Fake. That's not a real place. <laughs> um, and he didn't live there for very long because a rumor spread that he had been involved with an underage boy who later disappeared. Um, there was never an investigation into the incident. However, Herman did quickly leave town and went to Philadelphia. This man is like, he's been everywhere. He's been bouncing. So in Philadelphia, he originally accepts a job at the Norrison State Hospital, uh, but quit after a few days for an unknown reason. Um, he then took a what was I smoking when I typed this? I think it's supposed to say he then took a job at a pharmacy, but where job is supposed to be, it says JPN. <laughs> I don't know. Where a Japan- anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> took a job at a pharmacy, but while working there, a boy died after taking medications that he had purchased from homes. Uh, so he denied his involvement in the boy's death, but immediately left town because that's not See- suspicious. You know, I was just about to stop you and ask if you thought that the reason that he, he like, because I feel like he bounces around a lot. And not only that, like, he bounces, like, not, like, close to Mm-mm. each other. No, he makes you know what I very mean? like, far bounces, yeah. Exactly. And, like, I was kind of wondering if that was because he was, like, but, like, besides just the grave robbing, like, obviously he was already, like, committing crimes, but, like, mm-hmm. like doing more than just that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, in 1886, he moves to Chicago and assumes the alias of Dr. H.H. H. Holmes, uh, which, can we just talk about how easy it was to apparently There's assume like, an alias? I was just thinking that. Like, I was literally just thinking, I was like, that man just made himself a doctor. If I, I mean, he was he graduated from for that, <laughs> but like, really, I mean, he could have just said that. Like, I mean, he already <laughs> changed his name, so it's not like his certificate from the U of M would have meant anything, anyways, because it wouldn't have had the right name on it. So, like, for all intents and purposes, like, he really just took that. He really didn't earn it because AJ Holmes didn't go to fucking medical school. Herman Mudgett Herman <laughs> Herman did. Oh my god, I'm crying. Um. <laughs> so he assumed the alias presumably to stop the rumors from following him to Chicago. Um, so he arrives in August of 86 and got a job at a pharmacy owned by an Elizabeth Holton that he would later buy that pharmacy from her. Which brings us to myth busting part one. <laughs> There's many parts to myth busting. Oh God. Um, if you don't know anything about H.H. H. Holmes, which I would be so impressed not you, just a, the general you to the listeners. Um, there is a lot of over-embellishment that has gone into this story. There is a lot of lore that has gone into this story. There's a lot. Um, part of that actually comes from Holmes's self, which we'll talk about later because, you know, how much narcissists love to fluff their stories up. So there will be a lot of myth busting in this episode, starting with uh, the lore surrounding Holmes saying that he killed Elizabeth and her husband. Um who is often portrayed as an old man for some reason. In actuality, uh, what most likely happened was Elizabeth was probably pregnant with their second child, and so she sold the store to Holmes. Um, And he did not kill either of them. Elizabeth actually outlives Holmes by about 37 years. And her husband, who was a U of M grad who graduated a couple years above him, um, would outlive Holmes by about 15 years. And they were living a few blocks away, like still in Chicago when all of this was happening with Holmes. <laughs> like after he got arrested and everybody started asking questions and all of their reporters, like they were living a couple blocks down the street. <laughs> it's <But> somehow, <laughs> somehow some- in some story, they got murdered by him. Not true. I, I sometimes wonder... Like, do you ever wonder, like, if you were born back then, like, what stories would exist about you now? Or, like, what kind of person you could, you would have been if you had the ability to just go to other towns and just make shit up? And, like, people, like, people just believe the most ridiculous shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there are literally three houses fucking down and they're like, oh, yeah, they died. And everyone's oh, just yeah. like, oh, yeah, they died. <laughs> like, because oh, yeah, there's not really them. any way to fact check. It's not like someone can pull it up on Facebook and be like, actually, guys, I'm still alive. That's crazy. Right. They're like three blocks down the road going, guys, we're, 
we're still alive. <laughs> or like, yeah, or how he can just like move to a new town and just be like, oh yeah, I'm this person now. <laughs> no I proof can... needed. No, nothing. <laughs> I feel like I would have been uh... a terrible person if I was born back then. Oh, I would have been a menace to society. Like, a menace. Anyways, please continue. <laughs> um, so, shortly after, Holmes purchases an empty lot across the street from the pharmacy and begins construction on a two-story mixed-use building, which just means that the bottom floor was assorted businesses, the top floor was apartments. In 1892, he added a third floor to make it more of a hotel situation because this is about the time that the World Fair comes to Chicago. Mm. Which brings us to myth-busting part two through four. (laughs) Does this have to do with Devil in the White City? Yes. So, (laughs) myth-busting part two. uh, There's this, like, whole rumor that the hotel had hundreds of rooms and it was set up like a maze and there was even like a blueprint released in a news article in 1895 all bullshit completely bullshit um none of this is true it did have hidden rooms but this is because homeboy was a huge con artist and would buy things on credit and then refuse to pay for them (laughs) so the hidden rooms were to hide the things that he bought on credit so that when like the creditors came. He was just like, I don't know what happened. I don't have that thing anymore. And then he just wouldn't no, pay for it. Wild. Crazy. I don't know what happened with that. Uh, myth busting part three is that he kept hiring and firing construction crews so that nobody could know the layout of the building. I've heard that one. See above comment about being a con artist and buying things on credit and then avoiding payment. Um, it's true that Where he kept he just hiring and firing out. construction crews. But this was because he didn't want to pay them. So they would like do a couple months of work and then he would fire them and be like, oh, I wasn't happy with your service. So I'm not paying you. And then he would hire another construction company and they would do a little bit of construction and he would just keep repeating this pattern until the building was done. And one of the companies, um, Atna Iron and Steel, actually opened a lawsuit against him in 1888 for not paying them. Yeah, like. I was like, I'm surprised he never got more flack for that. Like, I know, like, obviously it was harder back then to, like, chase people yeah. down. But it's not like he was going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like- so the whole, oh, he kept hiring and firing this crew so that nobody could know the layout of the building. Bullshit. Complete bullshit. Over embellishment. He just didn't want to pay anybody. Right. Like, he Anything. he's just a, he's a broke bitch. <laughs> he's not even a broke bitch. He's just... He just doesn't want to pay people. <laughs> oh, he doesn't want to be a broke bitch. <laughs> so, myth busting part four, because this is just a never ending thing, um, was that he decided to add the hotel portion in time for the World's Fair so that he could lure people there, kill them, and then sell their bodies to medical school schools. Med- what just happened? <laughs> medical schools. Hold on. Stroke. <laughs> so part of this is true. He didn't want the hotel portion for the World Fair, but that was just because he wanted money. Um, he also never sold any of his victims' bodies to medical schools. Um, he grave robbed the bodies and sold them to medical schools, which, trust me, I have so many additional questions about that. Um, and none of his victims were strangers to him. Like he knew them in some capacity. Every single time. So I guess that's myth busting part four through like eight. Because there was a couple of things I discovered in there. But yeah. I, I like extra don't understand how he like got away for so long. But it's like all like people he knows. You know what I mean? Like it's all like yeah. people that are like close to him. Like he's always like fucking over right? everybody that's like right around him. And I'm like, how are you not being held more accountable for this? So what I have additional questions on is what medical school sees some guy come up and with a body and be like, here, can I sell this to you as a cadaver? Like, what? why is nobody asking more questions about where he got the body? Right. Like, like this man just keeps showing up with <laughs> bodies and nobody's like, hey, w- why do we have so many bodies? Like, that's like I have not so any- many questions. <laughs> like, did he just take one body to one medical school? Like. He would just keep rotating medical schools and they were like, oh, yeah, whatever. This dude's family just fucking 
keeps dying that's crazy or did he just keep taking bodies to the same medical school and they were like well we need cadavers so we'll just you know the other way like what i have so many questions yeah i i like (laughs) anytime i like i mean there's cases nowadays that still i'm just like how is this happening but every time we cover a case that's like older like this it's like extra like like guys (laughs) like have I guess it was before you could like donate your body before like you could decide like oh when I die I donate my body but like I, I just I have so many questions. I, also, if yeah. you're grave robbing, they're going to be in different stages of decomp. So like, what? I just I have so many questions. Yeah, and like that's also answers. yeah, like <laughs> feels like it, you at some point you'd be like, man, this this guy just keeps coming up with a lot of weirdly fresh dead bodies. Right, like, are you just huh. watching cemeteries and then yeah, you just like, pick up the fresh bodies? Or, like, what? I have so many questions about this. Yeah, like, okay. so many. Hate it, hate it. Anyway, <laughs> we're finally to the murdery bits. Well, kind of. These are people that he admitted to that, in theory, could make sense. Uh, however, there's no, like, concrete yes or no he did, didn't kill these people but we'll talk about it so our first one is john de Bruyne. de Bruyne. so sorry uh he was a creditor that was going after homes because as previously stated homes likes to take things out on credit and then not pay them um poor john died on april 17th in 1891 in the drugstore owned by homes Wait, what? Yeah. So he was in the drugstore that Holmes owned and he died of a suspected, what we now refer to as a stroke. Um, So it's not really sure if it was like a weird coincidence or if Holmes had something to do with it. Right. Because there Um, are poisons that do work. Like they give stroke like symptoms. Right. Um, But but if it's a coincidence, that's fucking wild because a creditor is coming after a dude that owes him money and then he dies in the drugstore owned by the dude. Especially of a when random he like, medical event. <laughs> literally moved cities because like some other kid mysteriously got sick, like after ingesting medicine from him. Like yeah. it makes me not really like trust the validity of his medicine. Yeah. 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 So that one's kind of a there's nothing concrete because it was never really officially investigated. However, it's a little suspicious. Don't be <sighs> so, suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Our next one is Julie and Pearl Connor, or Julie's maiden name was Smith. So Julia and Holmes were having an affair, and she moved into the hotel and began began working behind the jewelry counter at the drugstore because for Anybody who doesn't know, late 1800s, drugstores weren't just drugstores. It was like an everything store. So there were jewelry counters in a lot of them. Right. Like it was kind um, of like, an, like an, a general store almost. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so she's working behind the jewelry counter. Uh, her husband, Ned, finds out about the affair. He quits his job and leaves town. Like just up, up and leaves. He's like, oh, you're having an affair? Great. I'm leaving. And left behind Julia and his daughter, Pearl, with Holmes at the hotel. I, I guess that's one way just, of dealing with your problems. I like doesn't even file for a divorce or anything. Just goes, oh, okay, bye, you know, and leaves. Going back to the how terrible of a person would I be back then? Um, I think I might be like this guy. Like I think I would be significantly worse at like talking out my problems or wanting to do so when I can literally just up and dip and become anyone else at literally any moment. Like what like what it entices me to stay at any place. Like the minute you're like shitty to me, it's like, okay, bye. Okay, bang. Never see me again. So Christmas Eve of 1891 is the last time that Julia and Pearl are ever seen again. Um, Holmes later admits slash claims that Julia died during an abortion procedure and he poisoned Pearl. 
okay. <laughs> yeah. Which that, that, that feels like the truth, to be honest. I was going to say, to be fair, abortions weren't safe back then. And a and lot of people did die. And also, like, if he killed her, like, on purpose, purpose, like, I feel right. like he would have just admitted it because he, like, freely admitted that he killed the, like, the little girl. So, like, why would he lie about not well because like i mean obviously if he fucked up the abortion like he still did kind of kill her but it sounds like it wasn't like intentional by any means right you know what especially because like, like oh the the mortality rate for abortion procedures was absurd back then right like so it anything to do with pregnancy <laughs> like, yeah uh so his next one was emmeline sagrand that's how you pronounce that um, Holmes became aware of her via his lawyer who allegedly wrote him saying how beautiful she was. Um, so Holmes wrote to her offering her a job at twice what her current employer was paying her. And she was like, yeah, fuck yeah, absolutely. Uh, and she began working in the building in May of 1892 in December of the same year. She's never seen again. Um, there wasn't really like a concrete cause of death that I could find. Um, there was one theory that, you know, she was another victim of him having an affair with her and he got her pregnant and she died during an abortion, which I am far more likely to believe. However, one of the more outlandish theories is that he locked her in a vault and left her there to asphyxiate and die. Yeah, it's probably more the first one. (laughs) There's a lot of over embellishment. (laughs) <laughs> or he just got sick of her and poisoned her. Or even that uh, yeah. she fucking died of natural causes. Like, I mean, yeah. honestly, it, it was the fucking 1800s. Like, people died a lot and sometimes quite, like, quickly, <laughs> depending on what you got. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's pretty safe to say he probably had a hand in it. But, like, mm-hmm. you really could be a little bit of anything. Yep. Um, And then our next one is... Minnie and Annie Williams, the worst set of names. Yeah, I don't like, like, (laughs) are they like twins? Like, it sounds like someone tried to name like twins in a cute way, but like that doesn't ring off. Like it doesn't roll off the tongue like it should. Anyway, so Annie moved to Chicago in 1893. Um, She allegedly met Holmes at an employment office and he offered her a position as a stenographer. Um. At some point, allegedly, because, again, this is all, like, first-hand accounts from the 1800s, so I don't know how much of these are actually accurate. Um, But allegedly, he convinced her to transfer the deed to a property that she owned in Fort Worth, Texas, to a Alexander Bond, which is just another alias of his, um, in April of 1893. I will say he did have an arrest warrant like an outstanding warrant in Fort Worth, Texas for um, stealing a horse. <laughs> well, of course he did. Of course he so did. He was in Fort Worth at one point or another. Um, stealing horses, clearly. Stealing horses, yeah. Um, about a month later, Annie and Holmes rent an apartment together. Um, they pretend that they're husband and wife and they go to this renters and they get an apartment um annie's sister minnie visits and then neither are seen again after july 5th of 1893 there seems to be a bit of a pattern developing doesn't there yeah um so now we're into the bits that we know that he did because this is what he was tried and convicted for um, apparently, I was feeling really dramatic when I <laughs> was typing this because I labeled this section a scheme and a backstab. <laughs> I hate myself. I love that. Uh, so in July of 1894, Holmes was arrested for the first time and briefly jailed for fraud. He's bailed out of jail pretty quickly. However, he spends enough time in there to meet one Marion Hedgepeth. What a name. What a name. What a guy. Uh he's um oh god, where did I, I just forgot the name of Outlaw. There we go. He's a known outlaw, because again, it's the 1800s. Um, 
So together, they come up with this plan while they're in jail to commit insurance fraud, which he's arrested and in jail for. Mind you, he's in jail for fraud. And while he's in jail for fraud, he meets an outlaw and is like, let's commit more fraud. As so, one, as one does, <laughs> of course. As one does. So they hatch up this scheme that they're going to take out a 10K policy on Holmes and then they're going to fake his death and then they're going to claim the insurance policy and Holmes promised Hedgepeth $500 if he helped him and pointed him in the direction of a lawyer that could be trusted. Which feels not fair. I feel like if we were doing fraud for 10K and you're like, yeah, here's $500, I'd be like, the fuck? No. <laughs> like, no? I'd be like, add a zero to that, my guy. To try again um so hedgepeth is like yep on board 100 let me introduce you to jephtha how i i promise i'm not making any of this up this is not this is not real <laughs> so jephtha how is a lawyer and he loves the idea and he's like yeah this is fucking genius let's do it this yeah i can't think of anything that could go wrong (laughs) uh because the insurance company is suspicious and they're like no we're not paying out a 10k life insurance policy absolutely not especially to someone who's just in prison (laughs) for fraud (laughs) so they're like damn and they don't push the claim because they know that they don't have a fucking leg to stand on because Holmes isn't actually dead and they're like Let's bring another associate into the mix. It can't fail this time. And that is how we get to Benjamin Pitzel. When are people going to learn that the answer is never, ever bring another person in? Any single time someone else has got brought in, it it does not work (laughs) out. And then we talk about it. So when are we going to learn? Never. Uh, Because this is, what, 18... 94 and it's 2023 and we're still talking about cases so never literally never anyway (laughs) so benjamin is a known associate of Holmes, and they brought him into the plan and decided that they're gonna fake ben's death and they've got his wife in on it and his wife's gonna collect the insurance policy and then she's gonna dish out everybody's portions see that already sounds like a better plan Yes. Not a great plan (laughs) by any means. Not a great plan, but a better plan than the first one. (laughs) So the full plan is that Ben is going to go to Philadelphia. He's going to establish himself under the alias B.F. Perry. And he's going to say that B.F. Perry is an inventor. And then poor B.F. Perry is going to die in a laboratory explosion. And Holmes was supposed to find an appropriate cadaver. And they were going to claim the life insurance. I feel like they missed a few key, key things here. Like, like the fact that you, you never make your lie that complicated. (laughs) Like. (laughs) The kiss method. Okay. Keep it simple. (laughs) That's already way too complicated. I'm telling you right now. It's already too complicated. I know that's not going to work. So this does not work out for Ben in any I way, shape, or why. form. Um, Holmes's version of this story is that he knocked Ben unconscious with chloroform and then set him on fire using benzene. <laughs> However, allegedly, according to documents from 1894, uh, the forensic forensic evidence showed that the chloroform was introduced to the body post-mortem. I don't know how in 1894 you're going to figure that one out, Haas, but sure. Yeah, like how would sure. you even know that? That's what I want to know. That's why I said allegedly. Because I feel like, like they don't have the technology to confirm that, but we need to, what? whatever. The only thing, the only way I could see it is, like, I don't know if there's some sort of, like, say, like, chemical or something that reacts to, like, say, chloroform. Maybe. Because they could swab, like, the back of the neck and, like, b- back far in the nose. 
and like the back of the throat sorry not the back of the neck uh, the back of the throat or like yeah. or in your nose to see if they test positive for chloroform because if it was applied to you when you're alive you're breathing it in but if it was applied to you after you were already dead you wouldn't have inhaled it so it likely would not be like in the back of your throat it wouldn't be in the back of like your nasal passages and stuff like that's the yeah. only way i could see them doing that test but like even that seems kind of far-fetched for the 1800s to be honest yeah so regardless of which came first the chloroform or the benzene <laughs> yes I, I, it's a dumb purpose i think i'm funny anyway the point is holmes <laughs> killed ben <laughs> like a douchebag like a um, douchebag holmes collects the insurance the entire insurance payout on ben like the full 10k and then went on to somehow manipulate Ben's wife into giving him custody of the three middleest children. I don't know if middleest is a word, but I've decided it is. Uh, which is I don't think so. I, well, it is now. Um, <laughs> which is Alice, Nellie, and Howard. So Holmes now has custody of three children for some fucking reason. Um, and then the eldest ba- daughter and the baby stay with Ben's wife weird weird yeah. divvying up but okay weird um <laughs> so Holmes kind of travels with the kids throughout the northern u.s and canada um and escorts ben's wife on a very similar trip but they part ways in detroit which again bringing it way too close uh, to home sorry guys yeah like <laughs> um and throughout the travels he would continue to introduce himself and ben's wife under different aliases um also worth noting he lied to her the entire time and said that ben was just hiding in london because in her head she just faked her husband's death to collect the life insurance and so holmes is like yeah he's just hiding in london until the dust settles and she's like yeah that totally makes sense here's three of my kids i don't here's three of my children (laughs) i don't know how that all worked out i've been thinking about getting rid of them for a while I I really just want to know what sort of manipulation went down for her to give custody of her three kids. I mean, I guess three out of five, but three of her children to fucking this dude who's in committing life insurance fraud. Especially back then, like those things are a little bit more of a valuable commodity back then. Like, not only could you work them once they hit like nine, but like you know they didn't live super long like you know and it was kind of hard to have them like you think you wouldn't be like so willy-nilly just like yeah just have my kids children is a hot commodity (laughs) i mean never have kids (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't planning on it but i'm just saying back then like, yeah, kids brought in, they were a lot more valuable you could work them really hard and like they could bring in an income and stuff where like obviously nowadays like we know better don't treat now there's child labor like laws shit. damn it <laughs> which apparently no one in what is it texas that just got busted for all the uh oh my god yeah where they went to like a bunch of factories and like there's a yeah. bunch of like 13 year olds working <laughs> there like oh lord i bet their parents would agree that they're a hot commodity <laughs> I'm moving on from this conversation <laughs> before we get canceled. <laughs> anyway, so Holmes kills the first, the, like the two girls first. So Alice and Nellie at a home that he was renting in Toronto. Um, in his confession, he said that he forced the girls into a trunk, attached a hose to the trunk, and then attached the other end to like a gas tank and just asphyxiated the girls. Um and then he buried their naked bodies in a cellar, which was later recovered by police. So that part we can cooperate. It got really I real really him. fast. Sorry. I hate him so much. Um, and then Howard, the son, was killed later in a rental in Indianapolis. Um, and in his confession, he said that he OD'd Howard on medications before dismembering and burning the body. Um, which again was corroborated because Howard's teeth and small pieces of bones were found in the fireplace by police. I feel like he's like one of the, I mean, we've covered like a lot of like shitty people or whatever, but I feel like his stuff, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like he is a con man and like a lot of his stuff is like money motivated. Um, 
but also I feel like like he's just gotta like just do that shit for fun you know what I mean like there's no there's no reason to like have taken these children there was no reason to kill them like it doesn't seem like he's really getting anything out of that you know what I mean yeah well and like my thing is that there's like so much lore behind his story and like everybody makes him sound like this like huge horrific horrible monster and like this is easily one of the more underwhelming cases that we've covered. Yeah, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it does seem like he obviously takes joy in killing because, like, you know, he's taking these kids that he doesn't need to take and, like, killing them just kind of because, you know. So it's like, obviously, he does kill for pleasure as well. But, like, compared to a lot of the people that I've covered and we've covered, like, they're, like, it seems like most of his stuff is, like, money motivated. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to, like, torture this person or keep them strapped to a bed for four days. Yeah, we're not, like, toy box killer here. We're just, most of our issue is that we're a con artist with some murder on the side. Right. I hate the way that I phrased that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's how a lot of con men operate, so it's it's pretty astute. I just, why did I say that like I was ordering from McDonald's? Yes, can I have a con artist with a murder on the side? No salt. No salt, please. Why am I like this? Anyway. I really question my mental fortitude when I type these notes because the next section is titled Who Doesn't Love a Happy Ending? I feel like there's not Yikes. Uh, a happy ending. I feel like that is lying to me. If you want Holmes to die, it's a happy ending. Oh, well, I do. So maybe it is that. Well, I kind of assumed he was dead, seeing as this happened in like the 1800s. Well, yeah. I kind of assumed. I hoped, <laughs> at least. Yeah, there's that. Um, I'd be much more concerned if he wasn't. <laughs> Fuck off. So Holmes was arrested in Boston on November 17th in 1894 um, after being tracked there by police. And he was held on the previously mentioned outstanding warrant on horse theft. Um, because the police were at this point suspicious that he's involved and are looking for a reason to hold him, and they're concerned that he's a flight risk. Uh, he clearly is <laughs> for the right reasons. Yeah, because at this point the kids are missing; they just don't know that they're murdered yet. Um, which they discover in July of 1895 because police find the bodies of Alice and Nellie, um, which leads them to investigate Ew. all of the other properties that he has rented and or owned um and that brings us back to the quote-unquote murder castle in chicago i was just thinking that i was like i feel like a lot of like the lore has to do with this like murder hotel and it's a maze there's this and that but it seems like the majority of the murders like did not happen there (laughs) at all many 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 sensational claims would be made about this building being a maze and having torture chambers and equipment and 200 people were murdered there and blah 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 no it's all bullshit there is not a single shred of evidence to support literally any of the lore around hh holmes and his quote-unquote murder castle literally nothing you have been lied to your entire life (laughs) i mean i want to like say that's disappointing but i guess ultimately like i mean that is a good thing like that is a. I mean obviously i would much rather not have had hundreds of people die in like brutal fucked up ways like obviously i would much prefer that not that many people died and the people who did die it seems like he killed them like pretty like over and done with it wasn't like yeah like like shit happened to their bodies but it was like after they were dead you know what i mean like at that point like not that that's good or that you should do that but like at least they're not having that happen to them while they're like feeling it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there's um there's actually a book by so sorry sir if you hear this um i think his name is pronounced adam selzer um he wrote a book titled hh holmes the true history of the white city devil um and he like unpacks a lot of the lore and everything and is like there's literally no evidence for any of this it's all bullshit except a lot more eloquently because he's a writer and not me (laughs) right like it just sounds yeah it sounds cool 
it just got super sensationalized and it didn't help that in 1895 there was the newspapers that like put out this fake blueprint of the building that was like oh look at it it's so terrible and it's a maze and well you could say anything i mean literally who's (laughs) we have established that in this time period you can say literally fucking anything and everybody society can't read Like half of society literally it's cannot so read the papers. Like, what are what are they gonna do to you? Like, you could literally say anything you want. I don't know why I keep prefacing with in this time period because, quite frankly, you can still say a lot of really out of pocket shit, and people are gonna be like, "Yeah, that tracks." And you and you can still publish it. So yeah, mm, looking yeah, at you, fucking <laughs> <laughs> looking at you guys. Oh. Uh, the fact that there are still people that think the earth is flat just blows my fucking mind. Blows my mind. It just proves that you can still say some really out of pocket shit and people are going to be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Before I fall down that black hole, we're just going to keep trucking through. Um, so in October of 1895, Holmes was put on trial for the murder of Ben and was found guilty and sentenced to death. That is the only murder he was officially tried for. However, there are the ones that I listed previously that he most likely is connected to. We know that he killed the kids. He just wasn't officially tried for them because he already got a death penalty. Well, yeah, so. especially back in those days. Like, yeah, someone... they weren't going to waste time on trying you on every single thing. They're just like, all right, we got one death penalty. Okay, you're going to hang later. Bye. I mean, that's pretty common. Like, even in a lot of the serial killers we've covered that were, like, really bad that ended up in, like, death row on prison, like, more mm-hmm. recently and stuff, like, a-, a majority of those, like, they're only tried for a handful of the crimes they actually commit and, like, have openly confessed to. But it's just because yeah. what's the point? Like, they're already getting hundreds of years and they're on death row. Like, you know, what? why would we add right. anything else? Like, what's the point? So... Following his conviction, he ended up confessing to 27 murders spanning Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto. However, there's a caveat to this confession. Uh, You have to take it with a grain of salt um, because some of the people that he admitted to killing were still very much alive at the time of his confession. Like Elizabeth? (laughs) Like, yes. Like Elizabeth. And Holmes was also... Again, allegedly, because this is documentation from the 1800s, allegedly paid $7,500 by the Hearst newspaper for an exclusive written confession from him. So most of it's probably bullshit and most of it is probably narcissistic fluffery because he was like, oh, the spotlight's on me and they're paying me for an exclusive confession. Well, let me just make it spicy for them. He knows how to get his bag. (laughs) Also, I respect it. What was the point? Like, <laughs> you're gonna die. Like, what was the point? I mean, he's Whatever. a con man at heart. That is, see, see, that's that, what that makes literally. me know that he's a true con man at heart. Because even in his last moments, when he's about to fucking die, <laughs> he's still like, oh, but I could get something up on somebody, <laughs> you know? Like, right. he's still like, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm gonna take it. <laughs> Like, that's a true con man. I respect yeah. it. And to to be fair, um, he was married and divorced multiple times, and he did have children with a few of these women. So it might have just been like a, well, I'm Get shitty, money for my family, die, but like here's some money for my family. Yeah, because I feel like back then, like they were actually better about that stuff. Because I feel like nowadays, yeah. like the state does not hesitate. They're like, yeah, we'll just take everything. We'll seize all of their assets. Like fuck them. Boy, I feel oh. like back then they were a little bit better about like we've got to take care of the widow and her children. Yeah, um, just like that too. You ready for some real fucking irony? Am I? Uh, probably not. Uh, before his execution, Holmes requested that he be buried ten feet deep and encased in cement because he was concerned that grave robbers would try to steal his body. Oh, the fucking irony! Well, I mean, he would know. <laughs> I mean, if anybody's going to know, he would know. <laughs> He's like, guys, this, this is a serious concern. Do you know how often this happens? He's like, do you know how many people I know just in this area that do that alone? Like, 
Mario just, is absolutely going to come after my body. I I don't I feel like I'm too petty because like if I was in charge of that and he was like, oh, can you make sure I'm 10 feet deep and encased in cement so people can't steal my body? And I'd be like, really, Grave Robber? You don't want people to steal your body? How about no? How about you get buried a foot deep and I fucking hope somebody takes your body? Or like, I'm too petty for that. I'll donate you to science myself. <laughs> I will do the dissection myself. Uh, so on May 7th, 1896, Herman fucking Mudgett, a.k.a. A.J. Holmes, a.k.a. Andrew Bond and whatever fucking other aliases he had was hanged um and fun facts his neck never broke so he hung there to suffocate and was f- officially pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trapdoor was released see that's a happy ending <laughs> see I told you you wrap them all up like that that was beautiful <laughs> that was a beautiful little bow right on top God, don't I wish that all of our cases could end like that. But unfortunately, yeah, they, never, they never end like that. No. So, you ready for some weird fucking fun facts? Is yeah. exactly what I titled this section. You know, weird fun facts are my favorite thing, actually. Weird fucking fun facts. Got it. If you're going to say it, you got to say it right. Uh, so, Holmes was buried in an unmarked grave in accordance with his wishes at the Holy Cross Cemetery. So he was in fact buried 10 feet deep and encased in cement. I wouldn't have honored him, but you know. Yeah, I'm neither would I. Um, do you remember Hedgepath? Yes. Our, our outlaw fund? Or whatever. Yeah. So on New Year's Eve of 1909, Hedgepath who was pardoned for his crimes involving H.H. H. Holmes, um, never gave up his life of crime, and he was shot and killed by a police officer in a holdup at a saloon in Chicago. Damn, even back then the cops be doing that shit? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Let's, but you you were pardoned. You were given a clean slate. And you were like, nah. Nah. <laughs> and New Year's Eve of 1909. Nah. Uh, anyway. Um, so our quote-unquote murder castle, which was just a fucking unexciting building. It's just a building. But nothing exciting about it uh, was supposed to become like a museum of sorts, which is weird and macabre, and I appreciate it. But Me too. <laughs> in August of 1895, mysteriously, the entire interior of the building was destroyed in a fire. Hmm. I wonder, you know what I really hope it is? Hmm. Do we know who did it? So we don't know who did it. Um, there are was an insurance fraud. I really hope it was for insurance. Uh, eyewitness accounts from 1895. So I guess take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, um, fair. That at around 8 p.m. somebody saw two men enter the through the back of the building, and then around 9 p.m. saw them leave, and then shortly after, the fire broke out. So it probably is insurance fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. How appropriate would that be that, like, whoever owned the building after him, like, burned it down for insurance fraud? Like, I think he would like that. So, no, oh, wait, I hope that isn't what happened because he would like that. So, only the interior was destroyed. Structurally, it was still sound. Um, so, it was used for its intended purpose until 1938. So, like, the bottom had storefronts, and then the next two floors were lodging. Um, and then in 1938, it was torn down, and it is now currently the home to the Inglewood Post Office. Yeah, because anticlimactic. No one, sorry. no one really died there, did they? No. Well, I. It, where was his pharmacy? Was that in the same building, or was it in a different mm-hmm. building? Um. So he owned 
the one from Elizabeth, which was across the street. Okay, so yeah, then. so like those those ones that happened there didn't even happen in the building. Because like the kids were in a different city. Yeah, they were in a completely different Yeah, the two pharmacy deaths were in a completely different city with the exception of the creditor. But I believe that was in Elizabeth's pharmacy. It wasn't in. Right, which is still across the street. Because I was like, ooh, I wonder if it's haunted. But then I was like, well, I guess it wouldn't be, though. Because because nothing happened. (laughs) This is the most unimpressive, anticlimactic story I've ever told you. Right. Like, uh, damn. That's yeah. a bummer. Well, I got, I'm glad I've never gone out of my way to like try to visit or something. <laughs> to be like, Same. oh, it's H.J. Jones. Well, because like, I don't waste my fucking time. So after we played the game, I like I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, let's go visit and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to cover it. And then I was like, this is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. None of this is true. This is all just fluffery. You got to be shitting me. Yeah, that is a big old fucking bummer, to be honest. <laughs> Um, I do have one more fun fact. Lay it on me. I would call this a fun fact, but it's a fact. I'm ready to have fun, (laughs) so it better be a fun fact. So, in 2017, there were allegations that Holmes actually escaped from his execution, and his body was exhumed and tested by the (laughs) University of Pennsylvania's anthropology department. Mm -hmm. Um, and due to the coffin being encased in cement, his body didn't undergo decomp the way it should have so his clothes were in almost perfect condition and his mustache was still intact (laughs) uh they were able to positively id the body with dental records and then he was reburied whether or not he was reburied in compliance with his 10 foot cement bullshit i don't actually know um it doesn't say one way or another if they were still in compliance with that um but yeah that that's the thing that happened semi recently, which I think is fucking hysterical. I I wish you could see my face right now because I'm like <laughs> genuinely near tears right now, trying not to laugh. Because I know those, you well enough to know exactly what you look like right now. The image of like <sighs> so I imagine okay, I imagine like with time, even though obviously like his clothes and like his hair was preserved, like his skin, like, he probably looks kind of akin to, like, a mummy at this point. Like, that's usually the route that bodies will go if, you know, they're they're not decomposing. Yeah. Because they still do age, of course. Um, so, like, I'm I'm assuming he looks vaguely mummy-ish. And I'm just imagining a mummy with, like, a handlebar <laughs> mustache. <laughs> and it is the funniest fucking thing I've ever imagined in my life. Like, I, I can't get that image out of my head. And it's so funny. Like... I- <laughs> A really morbid part of me really hopes that they took pictures and that I can find that somewhere because I just I just want to know. Like, can you? I just want to know what it looked like if you pulled out like an Egyptian mummy and it just had a full handlebar mustache. Like, is that not the funniest thing you can imagine? I love that. I love that. I need someone to make a parody guess... mummy movie where that happens. <laughs> like they unwrap the mummy and underneath the mummy has like a full <laughs> handlebar mustache. It just has a bowler hat and a full handlebar mustache. <laughs> Can we make a horror movie? Please. I volunteered Drew. I think he's got headphones on so he doesn't even know what he's being volunteered. Oh, I'm so in. I'm so in. I think between the two of us, we could fit it. Uh, we could figure out the SFX makeup. Like, oh, we could figure 100%. that out. <laughs> oh, man. I am mentally I'm unwell serious. after that. <laughs> mentally unwell. So is probably the person that <laughs> the first person to lay eyes on that. <laughs> you imagine being a scientist and you're like, well, I guess we'd have to. Fucking ID this body because somebody thinks that he escaped, <laughs> and you open the coffin, <laughs> and it's just a fully clothed, like half decomposed body <laughs> with a fully intact handlebar mustache. I. <laughs> 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 Oh, no. Wow, oh, I was I was like teetering. Now. I was like <laughs> teetering on the edge of sanity. I think that pushed me fully off of the edge. I, just... I am. 
I don't know if I would start laughing or if I would look at my coworkers and be like, we're going out for drinks after this. I think it would be both. Um, but it would be 10 minutes of me cackling like that silently beforehand. <laughs> like, oh my god. I'm, I would not be okay. I'm so I, oh, man. Uh, that's my last fun fact. So if things you feel better, that's where we're I, ending. I did have a lot of fun. That is a very fun fact, actually. I said I wanted it to be fun, and you really <laughs> delivered. That was that was a joyful ride, actually. Airport. <laughs> to, to tell you that somewhere in the world in 2017, HH Holmes still had his mustache. I'd like to imagine that he still has his mustache. Because I would imagine that they were quite careful with him. Like, I'm sure maybe he lost a couple hairs here and there when they were getting dental records. But, like, I like to imagine somewhere out there... That H.H. Holmes still has his mustache. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie, after uh, exposing him, oh, I guess it kind of depends on what the state of his body is. Because after exposing him to air like that, like even if you put him back in a vacuum, probably, like I don't yeah. think it matters. Like I think decomp would probably start. But also, if he was mummified, then he'd probably be okay. Because like yeah, Egyptian I mean, mummies, um... like, we take them in and out of stuff and like they're okay like they're preserved still like because they were already preserved so i guess i guess it would kind of depend on like what his body was like because i feel like if it was still real squishy then he would probably start decomposing and he might lose his beautiful stash i feel like it has to be pretty like mummified at that point because that's like what 120 years after the fact and also i feel like for hair to like stay like that like i feel like we rarely find bodies that like like are like we we find bodies that aren't decomposed but they're all like mummified like i feel like we never just like unless they're like it's evolved with like saponification or something like we never just find bodies that are like preserved preserved oh we should talk about saponification one time that shit's so interesting I know, because even when they're frozen, like, say, the people who die in, like, Everest and stuff, and you think that they would be totally fine because they're, like, encased in ice, like, even they mummify, Mm -hmm. like, decently quickly. So, that's my vote. It's my vote that he still has his mustache. (laughs) That's my vote. (laughs) We gotta dig him up like a time capsule in 20 years to see if we're right. Oh, my God. (laughs) 2037 Uh, here we come for the sake of my mental sanity i need us to be done so stay spooky um but just you know not just not not this (laughs) yeah just no stay spooky but not so spooky that you grave rob and then sell the bodies to medical schools as cadavers and also stay spooky but not so spooky that you're a medical school that just buys a cadaver with no fucking questions asked also don't be so spooky that if you are a grave robber your whole fucking life that you would not accept being grave robbed yourself complete the cycle okay that's how it works circle of life the circle of life exactly you got to follow it come on you can't break the cycle like that (laughs) disappointing across the board that is Uh, that is how i've described this case disappointing yeah stay spooky but not so spooky that um your entire case becomes over embellished by lore and you end up actually being one of the more disappointing people that we've covered not that spooky. Not not that spooky. Because I am so un- I am so underwhelmed by you know, the infamous H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> I did start this by saying I wanted to be severely overwhelmed or underwhelmed, and you I, know what? I was severely underwhelmed. I feel like so I delivered, delivered until the mustache. I think the mustache sent it over the edge. It did. It did. You did bring it back into redeemable, <laughs> and so you know. Uh, uh you w- follow us on all of the things oh, our goodness. link tree is that what that's called yes is that yes it's a yes. tree with it all has- of our links on it like leaves exactly and you can visit all of the things and do yeah. all of the things 
you can check out our Patreon and listen to us talk about one Theodosia Burr and see if we can make it through an entire episode without singing too many Hamilton songs. I I have no confidence. <laughs> oh, I have none whatsoever. But the people are going to have to go to Patreon and find out if we made it or not. It's what the people want. <laughs> um, Anyways, so stay, stay spooky. Oh, spooky, you shall stay. Ha, ha, ha.